Hi, everyone, and welcome to the special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show and the Love Is Podcast. I'm excited to welcome the host of the Love Is Podcast, Kim Sorrell. Kim, how are you? I know you're excited about our guest. I know you're a big fan of his, and I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yes, I have been looking forward to this conversation a lot because I love your book, and then you You've got all these offshoots and other books. And so Bob Berg is uh, just this incredible, motivational, inspirational guy who I've been looking forward to. Bob, I've been looking forward to meeting you. Welcome to our show. Thank you so much. Wow, what an introduction. Thank you. <laughs> she's, a, yeah, she's a natural. So- she's a professional host. Go. What, <laughs> I can tell. We just had, we just had uh, uh, people from Duck Dynasty on. So we're used to interviewing celebrities. But go ahead, Kim, with your first question. Yeah. So, Bob, you're doing it. You know, some people want to do it. Some people want to motivate others. Some people want to inspire others. And, but they don't ever do it. They don't ever get to that next point of actually doing it. And you've inspired, motivated, changed lives. I don't even know how many thousands of lives. What got you going in all of this? Uh, well, you know, actually, I started out as a broadcaster, first in radio doing sports. And then um, I was a uh, the late night news guy for a, a very, very small ABC affiliate in Midwestern United States. Uh, I was not very good at it. Uh, I could read the news. I mean, that's not a, a, but I certainly was not a journalist. And I found that uh, I soon graduated into sales. Um, but I knew nothing about sales, not on a formal basis. So for the last, for the first few weeks, I really floundered. I mean, I, actually the first few months, I had just no idea what I was doing. So I, I could make a lot of calls. Uh, I could see a lot of people, but uh, it, it certainly wasn't very effective. Uh, Jim Rohn, one of the great speakers of all time and business philosophers would have described that as I had the motivation, but not the information. Right. And that's important. Right. Now, information without motivation still doesn't doesn't work. But so you've got to have both. Well, I didn't have the information. And then one day I was in a, a bookstore uh, and I was looking for something I didn't know what. And I remember this is 40 years ago. And back then, books on sales and personal development were not something anybody knew about unless you knew about it already. So I really didn't know what I was going to find. And I saw these two books. One was by Zig Ziglar and the other was by Tom Hopkins, two of the the icons in the, you know, the sales space. Uh, and I, I was just, just the fact that there was some, uh, Tom Hopkins book was called How to Master the Art of Selling. And I thought, whoa, really? I mean, there's a way to do this? <laughs> so I got their books and uh, I, I like to say I didn't read them. I devoured them and mm-hmm. I would just study night after night after night. As soon as I got home from work into the wee hours of the morning and I'm highlighting and underlining and taking notes and practicing and oh, within a few weeks, my sales began to go through the roof. Now, what that said to me was that if you have a, a methodology for doing something, if you have a system for doing something, and personally, I define a system as the process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles, the key being predictability. If it's been proven that by doing A, you'll get the desired results of B, then you know all you need to do is A and continue to do A and continue to do A, and eventually you'll get the desired results of B. So once I had that, I had a lot of confidence, right? But but then what was great, and this is what was so fantastic, I, yeah, I began to love sales, studied sales, but I soon found out it wasn't just the how-to, as important as that is, it was really building yourself as a person 
from the inside. And that's where the personal development books began to come into play. And they were, you know, so I was getting the books that I was recommended, uh, you know, How to Win Friends and Influence People, The Magic of Thinking Big, Think and Grow Rich, uh, Psycho-Cybernetics by Dr. Maxwell Maltz, the, you know, greatest salesman in the world by Mandina. And I just, I, it was like, you know, I wasn't a good student. I barely graduated high school. I got into college, a small state college. I got in on academic probation, and I'm pretty sure I graduated on academic probation if such a thing exists. <laughs> so I was not a student. It was only when I got into sales that I began to be a student, really, of life. And that was the difference maker. So I just loved it. And as my sales success began to grow and eventually work my way to sales management of a, another company, I started showing other people how to do what was working and, uh, you know, eventually began a business where I started started teaching. So teaching sales. So it, it was sort of that combination of, uh, you know, sales, of, of teaching and entertaining, which you right. know, I love. So that, that, that was pretty much that. And so, Bob, when I think about this specifically enough where the sales light bulb went on for me about two years ago, like, or I'd say maybe a year and a half ago, before that, I was okay at sales, felt all right at it. Now it's like, it's easy because you figure out a system, you figure out what works, you figure out how you get to have conversations and you learn from that process. Mm -hmm. And you say, and then you have the confidence. Confidence is such an important thing in anything we do. If we don't have confidence when we show up, we're not going to get results ever. No. And, you know, a lot of that confidence has to do with, with understanding the value that you bring to the other person. Because, you know, nobody, and I, and I say this when I speak at sales conferences, nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet right? They're not going to buy from you because you need the money. And they're not even going to buy from you because you're a really nice person. They're going to do business with you. They're going to buy from you because they believe that they will be better off by doing so than by not doing so. You know, Neil, in your days in the ring, you know, the, the fans didn't show up because you wanted them to show up. They showed up because they felt they were going to receive the kind of entertainment, the kind of action, the kind of showmanship, the kind of everything that went into a, a really, uh, um, you know, a demonstration of excellence when you think about it. And, and so, you know, and, and it's the same. And, you know, Kim, I know you have a huge audience and, and they're not showing up because you want them to, they're showing up as you're giving them great value and they love that. Right. And so I think that confidence comes from understanding the value that we bring to others. That that's really what it's all about. I love that. I love the way you just put that, Bob, that makes so much sense. And um, those are great words that I just wrote down. And I'm going to be using myself. I'll 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 give you credit for it, but um, <laughs> but those are great words, great words of wisdom, and people do need to recognize their value for sure, and so, so that they can understand their purpose, so they can understand where they're going in life. But I love 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 the go giver. I love the just everything around that because it's so true. When you give, just the universe gives back to you. I, I do a lot of work in uh, developing nations. And I always feel like when I go there, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going there to serve. I'm going there to work, but I can't outgive. Like I'm not going there to get, but I always get so much more than I can possibly give. And uh, what, what a concept is that? And you've been out there teaching that, that the joy first of all, of giving and, and the return on giving. Um, but, well, it, but it has to come from the heart, right? 
Yeah. And, and one reason that you receive so much from when you go into these other countries and do the work you do is because it's congruent with your values. And I believe that, you know, happiness, which can be defined as the mental feeling of well-being, and I think that's a good definition, that's a dictionary definition, uh, you know, I take it a little, little bit further in that, and I say that, uh, that happiness is a genuine and ongoing feeling of joy and peace of mind, the result of living congruently with one's values. So mm. when you're doing things that are congruent, that align with what you hold to be important, what you hold to be of value, uh, you know, you, you can't help but be happy. Exactly. When you do what you love to do, it's it doesn't feel like work and you want to keep no. doing it. And you have that drive the every day to go out and do it. And I think that the giving part is such an important thing. The more you give to someone, the more they're going to give, you're going to get back from something. We don't know what it's going to be. It might not be from that same person, but giving gives you that motivation of what you're doing for somebody. So kind of explain giving in sales. How do you okay, give so in sales? This is, yeah, and it's a great question because, so when we talk about giving in the sales um, context, we're talking about providing, you know, constantly and continually providing immense value to others. Now, what does this really mean? What is the value? Well, let's look at value in relation to price, because a lot of people think the two are the same, and, and they're not. Um, so price is a dollar figure. It's a dollar amount. It's finite. It is what it is, right? Value is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something, to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, or what have you, that brings so much worth or value to another person that they will willingly exchange, let's say in this case, their, their money for this value and feel great about it while you make a very healthy profit. May I share a, a very quick yes. example that, okay, so you hire uh, an accountant to do your taxes. And she charges you, and we'll just name a round figure, $1,000. That's her fee, literally her price, $1,000. But what value does she give you in exchange? Well, through her years of hard work, her experience, her competence, and, and her desire to get to know you and your needs, wants, and desires, getting to know your business and how it works. She's able to save you uh, $5,000 in taxes. She also saves you countless hours of time and she provides you and your family with the security and the peace of mind of knowing it was done correctly. So she's given you well over $5,000 in, in value in exchange for a $1,000 fee or price. She gave you more in value then she took in payment. So you both won, you both profit. In fact, one of my old mentors, Harry Brown used to say, in any free market-based exchange, and when I say free market, I simply mean no one's forced to do business with anyone else. In any free market-based exchange, there should always be at least two profits, the buyer profits and the seller profits, because each of them come away better off afterwards than they were beforehand. Now, here's the, the challenging part though, that yeah, what she did was was fantastic. It was it was great. She gave you much more. But every other accountant can basically say they're going to do the same thing. So what distinguishes her, right? And this is and and remember, until even if she can do it better than someone else, until your potential customer or client understands the difference between you you and any other provider, um, they don't know. 
right? And unless they know, it's always going to come down to who has the lowest price. Uh, and unless your last name is uh, Walmart or or Amazon.com, trying to make low price your unique selling proposition is not a, a productive way to do business. It's not, excuse me, it's not profitable. Uh, it's not, um, uh, it's not sustainable, right? And so when you sell on low price, you're a commodity. When you sell on high value, you're a resource. So the question becomes, how do you communicate that additional value if basically what you're doing is kind of a commodity, right? Uh, well, the quick and the short answer is, this is where you need to be that additional value, right? Because they're buying you before they're buying your service, before they're buying your, your company. So, so how? Well, the good news is there are dozens, if not hundreds of ways to communicate that additional value, but they tend to come down to five, what John David Mann, and, and I'm a John David Mann's my, uh, the co-author of the Go-Giver series and just a great guy and fantastic writer, um, what we call five elements of value. Uh, none, these are not the five laws of value in the book, which are which are the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. These are five elements of value just within the law of value, right? And the five uh, the five elements of value are excellence, consistency, attention, empathy, and appreciation. And to the degree that you can communicate one or more, hopefully all five of those elements of value at every touch point. So from the, the moment you meet that person through the relationship building process, the follow-up and follow through the sales process, the referral process, to the degree that you can communicate those five elements of value, that's the degree that you take price and competition totally out of the picture. Oh my gosh. Um, such words of wisdom. The, thank you so much for that. But you're absolutely right. Uh, it makes such a difference. Like if you think about the people that you want to do business with, the people that you're drawn to do business with, they're authentic. They truly care about you. You can tell that they're being honest and that they actually care and they're gonna walk you through the whole process. And, and so the value is so much greater than just meeting somebody and, and it, it's just a product. And sure. so I, it, it's just so great. And so in that, then there's a lot of giving. You're giving of yourself to sure. the other person, and but authentically, authentically, I, I think is okay. key, right? So uh, how does somebody do that? Uh, how does somebody make themselves authentic, like really get it in their heart instead of just in their head and just thinking about what is in it for them in the end? Sure. Well, you know, in the in law number four in the story is the uh, the law of authenticity. And in this part of the story, uh, Deborah, the mentor in that part, shares a very important lesson. And that is all the skills in the world, the sales skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they are, and they are indeed all very, very important. They're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true authentic core. But when you do, when you show up as yourself day after day, week after week, month after month people feel good about you they feel comfortable with you they feel safe with you and why wouldn't they they know who they're getting that's where you know the consistency comes into play because people want 
people have a need. It's, a, it's an aspect of human nature. We have a need to be able to, to understand our world, this in a world which is often very difficult to understand. We try to make sense of our world in a world that often doesn't make sense, right? And we crave that consistency. And with that consistency comes trust. So we have to ask the question, if, if being authentic is such a good business principle, why do some people not show up authentically, but instead kind of show up as a, uh, I think the, the correct Latin term would be phonus balonus, right? And, <laughs> and I, I, you know, and, and we might be tempted to say, well, they're just not honest or they're trying to pull one over on people. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, it's a big world, so there's all sorts of people, but I don't think that's usually the case. I, I think typically when you see someone really not showing up authentically, it has more to do with the fact that they just don't have the self-confidence to do so because it's difficult to show up authentically when you don't feel you have anything worthy of showing up authentically for. Well, and, and, and what can be so difficult about this, and I think we all, this happens to all of us, you know, as human beings, we're so emotionally close to ourselves that it can really, you know, when we see all our, you know, we see other people's highlight reels and our own blooper tapes. I mean, that's just how it is, okay? And so it can be difficult. We might have this great skill set. We've worked hard at it. We've perfected it. We've just, and yet, you know, so, but we see the world through our eyes. We go, well, we can do it. Everybody else can do it. So it can have that much value, right? So this is why I think it's so important to get with another person, you know, whether it's a, a, a coach, a formally or informally, or uh, your sales man manager or a, a clergy person or, you know, I mean, anybody, uh, you know, a friend who you you trust, but who's not so emotionally involved with you that they can't see, right? You know what I'm saying? And and really get to to, to understand your your strengths, your talents, mm -hmm. your traits, your characteristics. So yeah, because I believe there's two types of value that we all have. There's intrinsic value. That's just by being born, by being part of the world, we bring great value. But there's also market value. And I define market value as that combination of strengths, traits, talents, and characteristics that allow you to add value to others in such a way that you will be compensated for it. We all have these assets of values, uh, assets of value, excuse me, but we don't, oh, we're not always so good at recognizing. Mm -hmm. um, wow. You know, and where do you think you've learned all this, put this all together into your, your system and programs? from some of your stuff, but also some of the great gurus, right? Putting it together to what you are today. Well, I mean, I, you know, I, since I, since I began my, my um, self-education project, I guess, which, which was when I was in sales, when I started, I mean, I've been an avid reader, studier, student. Um, so I, you know, I learn from so many different sources, uh, but I'm always trying to learn and always trying to study and, and, uh, you know, improve and so forth. And, um, so, yeah, I mean, I, uh, you know, I certainly, uh, couldn't have made any of this stuff up on my own. I'm not that smart. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm a good student. I, I <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm a good student in terms of natural gifts. I'm really not in that way. I think one thing that helps me be an effective teacher is it because things don't come quickly to me and it takes me a while i have that natural sense of empathy for others who who take time and so i can teach on that level but uh but yeah there's a, a lot of studying and a lot of people who who uh, i could name as as mentors who haven't been alive for you know since the stoics right <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, you know, it's so funny because you just talked about the fact that people need somebody like on the outside looking in, right? Mm -hmm. Because we think whatever gifts it is we have, wherever we excel, whatever we've been given, we think everybody's like that, like, exactly. you know, because it comes so naturally to us. And then just now you said that things are not a natural gift for you or or you're not seeing right. the, uh, how great your natural gifts are. So I'm gonna be your mentor right now and tell you <laughs> some of what you said that is who you are, like good for you, like own <laughs> it, uh, right? It, it is who you are because um, not everybody can do what you do. Uh, otherwise you know everybody just be a speaker and write books but not everybody <laughs> can do what you do well, so thanks. you certainly had to bring your own information in as well as gleaning information from from the greats from so many people i'm, I'm sure even people who haven't written books you learn from and grow from and, and, and everyone and you, we can yeah we can learn from all others absolutely yeah right. yeah <laughs> so kim i wanted you to ask your love question as the final question for today Okay, great. Bob, first of all, thank you so much for everything. You've This has just been packed full of information. Great, thank great you. information. So appreciate it. I appreciate it all. Love your books. Love what you're doing. Um, so uh, I lived a year trying to figure out the true meaning of love. I'd, I'd uh, gone through cancer, lost my husband to cancer four months later, and um, I uh, wondered what love was. So I dedicated a year. I went to Haiti and did this and found out things about love that I don't think anybody knows and, and miss about love, but love is so universal. And one of the things about love is that you don't hang it up in a closet when you get home or when you get to the office, you don't put it on a hook. It's who you are. And I think it goes back to authenticity. And I think it also goes back to um, love is not self-seeking. You know, you're seeking the good of others. And so I'm curious with everything that you do, where does love play a role in this? Oh, well, I mean, I, I think coming from a um, premise, if you, I don't know if that's the right word, but coming from, let's say, a position of seeing the world through a lens of love is about the most powerful thing we can do. You know, there's, there's you based and again, I didn't make this up. This is something I had heard, but you know, you're either coming from a place of love or a place from fear or a place of fear. Okay. And when you come from a place of love, you're in a, that doesn't mean everything's going to go right and everything's going to go right and everything's going to, but it means that you are, are, have certainly created that benevolent context of success. Okay. When you come from a place of fear, uh, now you're living in that lack, you know, on that plane of lack, and it's a mm -hmm. lot, lot more difficult for for good, you know, to come into your life. So, to the degree that we can live, you know, that we can come at everything from a place of love, uh, I think we're nine steps ahead of the game in a ten step game. Wow, great That's, answer, great. Yeah. Thank you, fantastic, Bob. Where's the best place people can purchase your books and learn more about you? Where's the best place to go? Uh, Berg, B -U -R -G com is probably the uh, the best place. And while they're there, they can subscribe to my free daily impact email that I send out Mondays through Fridays. Fantastic. And what would you say, what advice would you offer people to become more of a giver in sales? I think it's always understanding. And we, we, we kind of alluded to this earlier, but I think it's it's so very important. It's understanding that value is 
always in the eyes of the beholder. It's not what we think is of value about our product or service or, or that which we offer. It's not what we think others should think about our product or service or that uh, the, the other that we have. It's what they think. And as human beings, since we all see the world from our own unique viewpoint, what I call our belief system, okay, we, it, we, we sort of think that other people see the world pretty much the same way we do, and it just isn't true. So we've got to be willing to, to discover what they, and you know, what is sales? Sales is simply discovering what the other person needs, wants, or desires and helping them to get it. To do that, we've got to be able to focus on what they need, want, and desire, not what we do. And that's when we're asking the right questions come into play and then listening in order to really dig deep. Well, we appreciate it. Thanks again, Bob. It was a great, and Zig Ziglar talks about that, asking those right questions. Oh, yes. And then all the different things. It's just, it's it, being a great student in the game that you did to build your brand today, whatever it is, is amazing, Bob. And definitely look forward to uh, chatting again. So thanks again for stopping by. I love it. Thank you both all for right. having me. Appreciate it. All right, that's a special simulcast, the Neil Haley Show and the Love Is Podcast, guys. Take care.